What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. We gon' make it all the way. We don't care what they all will say. Don't listen to the hate, no. Listen to my radio. Destined to be great, y'all. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for listening in. I'm Steve Vandegraaff, and I'm here this week with Dr. Justin Short here on the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Justin, how are you doing? How's your uh, no shave ember? <laughs> was that a hillbilly joke, Steve? <laughs> I actually can't grow a beard, so maybe it was a puberty joke. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> it is good. Life is good. It is cold here in Illinois where I'm at tonight. I'm at the uh, hunting shack all by myself and uh, it's freezing. So Nice. Have you got anything yet? Are you bringing the meat home? I'm not. <laughs> I'm what uh, doctors call a trophy hunter, Steve. So I'm waiting for <laughs> actually my son. My son is six. He's got two this year. His first one's one with a bow, one with a shotgun. So Wow. Cut, yeah. So good part of this season I've been playing Sherpa instead of actual hunter yeah but it's been fun doing with him so that's probably more fun anyway yeah yeah i'm enjoying the the rusticness of the cabin i think i'm gonna kind of give people an inside view of the cabin i'm gonna if i remember i'm gonna post some pics so people can see me uh slaving it away in uh, the hunting cabin here i'm gonna post them on our facebook page yeah that'd be cool i'm curious what it looks like yeah so they see how old Dr. Short slums it at hunting camp. You know, like if the world went to pot, like you would be able to survive off the land. That's true. At least my son would. I don't know if he'd share, <laughs> yeah. but. You keep him alive. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? Good, good. We're doing great. It's not cold here. It's actually really nice, finally. It's been boiling all year, but now like these this month here is just perfect. So we were playing Foursquare all night tonight. That's what my kids are into. So mm-hmm. just do what they're into. Yeah. My Foursquare reminds me of college. yeah just kidding people (laughs) let's jump into this so over the last week i have had a couple dentists that have reached out to me and they all more or less had the same problem and asked the same question how can i grow my practice or i don't have enough patience to really grow the practice and makes sense this is a common issue Um, nothing's going to be happening in our offices, unless we have butts in the chair, as they say. So I thought it'd be fun to talk today in a brief commute length podcast about what you can do right now to get more patience. And guess what? Most of these won't cost you guys a dime. So we're going to be starting off as I always like to do with the low hanging fruit. So as we do this, uh, before starting, let's just assume that you have all the systems set up to properly handle these new patients when they come in. You know, we're talking your front desk is trained, they're good on phones, they know how to schedule, all that. We're not talking about that, just getting some new patients. And we're also going to assume that you can diagnose and sell some dentistry because you can have all the best systems in the world. But if you can't diagnose and tell a patient what they really need and get them to accept, it doesn't really matter about any of that crap. Yeah. So let's say that those are in check um, and let's roll to it. So first things first, number one, bring back inactive patients. Yep, that's right. These aren't even really new patients, but these are the easiest people to get back into your office and in your schedule. Um, They've already been there. They know you. They're familiar with your staff and they probably have somewhere 
buried in the back of their brain, a memory of you telling them that they needed to get some dental work done and they're just not getting around to it. So this is a challenge for everybody during your lunch break today, pull a report from your practice management software of all patients that have not been seen in the last six months for a recall exam. Now, or if they haven't been seen in six months or longer. And this list might be really large and you may realize that you have some big holes in your recall and hygiene system. But let's just start with the patients that were seen just six months ago, but didn't come into their last recall over the last day, month, or week. Have your front desk reach out to them and then move backwards from there. You can do this a couple of ways. The easiest, of course, is phone calls, reaching out to them over the phone. I'd recommend prioritizing families as this will bring in multiple people per phone call and per visit. And if you want, you can prioritize patients with the best insurance or, you know, the patients actually have some decent fees to help you get some production. Yes, I will second this motion, Stephen. I know we're also going to talk about reactivation letters, but the sooner you can grab these patients after they've missed their three, four, six month recall, the higher the chances you're going to get them back in. If I'm a patient and I've been regular, it's kind of a a gateway drug to miss that six month appointment. I might feel a little guilty. It's kind of in my biological clock, but as time passes, and I realize I've gone seven, eight, nine months, and I haven't died, I'm getting more and more comfortable with being out of that routine. My connection with your office is wearing off. I may be embarrassed about missing, et cetera. So you need a point person in some type of system. And when I say system, I think a lot of doctors overestimate what a system is. Doctors Mm -hmm. always email in and say they need help with systems. My practice is struggling because I don't have systems. A system is just a way of doing something. You have systems. You may not realize you have them. They may not be good, but you have them. And often it's it's not why your practice is struggling. Your practice is struggling because you're not selling and completing dentistry most of the time. Usually that's it. There may be reasons for that, but the bottom line is that's what it comes down to. So the system for this, maybe every time your hygienist has an open hour throughout the month, and for most offices, there are those hours in a given month, they call all the patients who are due for recall appointment that month, but do not have an appointment. So let's say there's 20 patients on a given month. If I had to, I could call 20 people in an hour. Boom, there's our system. And One more tip. When someone, and this is kind of off track, but just it's a good little tip. When someone is behind on their six-month appointment or their recall, and they come in one to ten months later, don't say, well, actually, you don't look too bad. Because if I'm in ten months, when I should have really been in six months, and you tell me I look good, Guess how important that next six-month appointment is to me? Not very. I've said it before. Everything counts. This is a little thing I know. But little things separate top practices from everyone else. Tom Brady isn't 50% better than every other quarterback in the league. He's 2 to 5% better. But those percentage points is what makes him one of the best of all time. So same with dentistry. 
But moving on to reactivation letters, Steve. No, that's good. I think we've been referencing the Patriots a little more than other topics the last month, but that's good. I like it. I think we're just going to we're going to switch this podcast just to be strictly about the Patriots. <laughs> Every week, something different. No, and honestly, I'm not even a huge Patriots fan. Oh, I, I know. I mean, <laughs> I'm a Brady fan just because of uh, what he's accomplished and the work that he puts in. But other than that, I mean, I'm a yeah. Belichick fan just because I think he's an incredible coach, and I think he has. Never mind. We're off topic. Sorry. Reactivation letters. Go Pats. You like discipline. That's why. But no, just to briefly uh, highlight what you said, I really like how you said systems is just a way of doing things. You can have, you know, a system that's not like this notebook or a binder that your office studies. It's just a way of doing things. The best systems are the simplest ones. So um, I like that. As far as reactivation letters go, you know, again, this doesn't have to be fancy, but basically you can just send these folks a letter. You can you know, pull up a, a mailing list of everyone within a certain month period that are due and then just send them a letter. You can throw in an offer if you'd like, you know, a new or returning patient special. If you do that, make sure you have a before date to create urgency and a timetable for them to act and return. And, you know, there's different ways to reach these people, whether it's a uh, letters or phone but the principle is you want to check the box of reaching out to these people first before you have despair and you're worrying about you know your practice falling apart and you are spending a fortune to try to get new patients when you have the back door open if that makes sense right we're big on uh not having the back door open we're on tlp yeah moving on so just to kind of recap we're basically casting two nets here the first net is the call the month they're due. And hopefully you've even sent a postcard or a text at like the five month marks saying, Hey, you're almost due for your recall. We don't have an appointment for you. Call to get scheduled. And if they've missed that appointment or they haven't called, then you or your hygienist, which, which is who we prefer in the office, but it just needs to be done. Then they call and see if that patient would like to get in. And then after that, you're finally sending a letter, a reactivation letter. So I like mm -hmm. to do this about once a year to all patients who haven't been in and say roughly 10 to 24 months, or you could do 10 to 18 months, something like that. If you're part of TLP Academy or coaching, we have that sample reactivation letter to use in the bonus section. So you can find it there. Yeah. Send it out at the beginning of September, every September or whenever you want, but make sure it's happening. So the next free thing, low-hanging fruit, is internal referrals, okay? These are people your current patients know. Your existing patients basically do the marketing for you. And they kind of act as a connection between the new patient and your office. So these new patients are also prime because they are going to come in with confidence in you before you ever meet them. Your patients are spreading your goodwill that you've built up with them. You know, personally, I average about between 130 and 150 new patients in my office each month. And every new patient that comes in, I greet them. I put on that big, cheesy, sometimes fake smile. But I always ask, how did you find us? Right. And I think that's really important to do, by the way, so you have an idea of how people are coming in. But a majority of all of our new patients coming in basically say, well, it's because of so-and-so. They uh, 
you know, a family member or my friend so-and-so told you guys about us. And then I say, oh, yeah. And I act like I remember who they're talking about. I never do. And I say, yeah, that that's they're great. But you guys know how that goes. The idea is you want your patients to be the fans to bring in more new patients for you. Right. I want to jump in real quick. And I also did this just like you do. I asked every single new patient how they found us and often if it made sense why they chose us. Mm. Because if they found us on the internet, you know, obviously that's what a lot of people say. And that really doesn't help us. Do they find our website? Do they looking at our pay-per-click advertising? They're looking at our reviews, all the above. What is it? So I want to know why they chose us over the 20 other dentists within a five-mile radius. You know, what sets us apart to them? So I can get a good feel for the reason why they chose us in particular, so that I can then double down my efforts on that area. So just a small thing, not only how did you find us, but once you found us there, why did you choose us as opposed to whatever, the other five postcards that you got that month or the other 10 offices came up in your Google search? I like that. And then you can deliver in the area that they are, you know, counting on for you to deliver. So I like it. That's good. I'm going to do that tomorrow. But so having your patients build your practice for you is probably the best way to go about it. And, I, and in my experience, in speaking with dentists that just, you know, acquire practice or start practice and they just blow the practice up where they just have rapid, rapid growth, it's because of this. So on top of another way to do this, other than just, you know, treating your patients great, you can also just ask your existing patients, you know, just ask them at the end of the appointment, do you have any family members that need a dentist? What If you do, if they're as awesome as you are, we would love to have them because you have been great. And you'd be surprised how many people will just send the rest of their family you know, your way. Uh, along the same lines, uh, your front desk should be asking whenever they schedule a patient, just throw a little one-liner in there. Are there any other family members that we need to schedule in at this time? Most couples and families like to schedule together. It's more convenient them, for them to have one dental appointment instead of multiple so if you drop that little teaser in while you're scheduling, they often say, oh, yeah, well, let me bring my kid or let me bring my spouse. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. And if you're doing this consistently, it's going to bring in more new patients. Maybe it's one, three, five, whatever a month. Maybe it's not 700 like Steve does, but you're getting more bang for your buck in regards to your advertising bucks. So especially if you're using any kind of promotion or deals to get patients in as the patient is checking out, just like Steve said, front desk, do you have any family members or friends that would like to take advantage of this new patient special? Actually, yes, my kids mm-hmm. are due or my husband hasn't been in the dentist, hasn't been to the dentist since now. And if you're going <laughs> to, if you're doing this consistently, it's going to add up. So, you know, I wouldn't look at it as, oh, we didn't get 50 new patients this month because of that, but maybe we got five without having to spend any more marketing dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it's free. And those five, if one more refers, you know, you can get the ripple effect. Vicious side. Yeah. While we're talking about um, internal referrals, this is kind of on topic. And this may just be from my experience, but I think there are two types of dentistry that have helped at least me in the way of having people send their friends. And the first is pedo. I don't know how many kids you guys are treating out there or if you like or dislike treating kids. But it has been a really big practice builder for me. People will often take their kids to the dentist before they take themselves. 
and moms really like to talk with each other about their experiences, what doctors they go to, whatever, um, the mom grapevine. If you can be really dynamic with kids while their parents are in the operatory with you, you become very relatable to them and you can build confidence really quick. If you screw up, um, it can have the opposite effect really quick too, by the way. That happened to me a time or two. But even if it's just, you know, you're doing hygiene for kids and you don't really do operative on little ones, that's fine too. You can still build some rapport and mom is going to share the word. Lots of times if the family, if the family brings in their kids, at least for me, lots of times they'll just bring their kids. They don't even know I'm an adult dentist. And they'll say, oh, uh, do you also treat adults? And I'm like, actually, mostly just adults. So if they see you in action with their kids, they'll want to schedule themselves too. This is a great point. If you want me, Justin, to like you, whoever, treat me well. If you really want me to like you, treat my kids well. Never forget that. If a parent feels like you're put out by their kids or treating their kids as a second-class citizen or patient, it's going to hurt you. Honestly, I didn't like messing with kids in the office too much. wasn't my thing, but I knew how it affected my business, so it didn't matter how I felt about it. I had goals for the office, and treating kids great helped me hit those goals, so I did it. Yeah, nice. Um, next one is Google reviews. So I know you're probably thinking this is obvious, but most of the time when dentists tell me that they can't get any new patients, the first thing I do is look them up online and guess what? Most of the time, they don't have any Google reviews. Uh, so these reviews are king. And in our opinion, the number one source and focus should be for your new patients. They're going to look you up online. Everything's online. So if you don't have these, you need to get them. There are a few different ways to do this. The easiest is probably just to make things automatic with the text or email service that sends patients a link automatically at the end of the day. But if you really want them to follow through and leave your review, you need to ask. So this doesn't have to be complicated or awkward. Just say, hey, John, not a lot of patients or not a lot of people know we're over here. We're trying to build our practice. Would you be willing to write an online review for us if we sent you a link? Something like that. Really simple. Do it to five patients and it won't be awkward anymore. Better yet, sit down and train your staff to ask for it. Yes, this is far and away number one. Google reviews are king. You need to be asking for them in the office and then sending some something home with the patients to remind them we sent a little postcard. Then having an outside service follow up with them at night, either via text or via email. And then after they write you a five-star review, you need to be sending them a handwritten thank you card after they write the review. I did this with every patient who wrote a review in my office. Yes, I was busy, but this is how I built my business. Docs often ask, can we just send them a text at night? Can we just use that automated service? Yes, you can, but it's not going to be as effective as asking for it and when they're in the office and then have the text or email sent. It goes back to how bad do you want the success you say you want? And if you want more reviews, then take more action. If you want to know which service we suggest to get the reviews, the automated text follow-up, they're cheap, they're well worth it, we feel that they're the best, and we have a link for the first month free 
You can email Steve at lifestylepractice.com and he will send you a link and tell you the service that we think is the best. Yeah. Yep. So go out there and get them. Next one. Get them, Tigers. Yeah. Right after Google, Facebook is probably the most used platform patients are looking on to learn about your practice. I am not a real social media enthusiast, and I'm definitely guilty of leaving the office Facebook page on the back burner. But if you don't have enough new patients and you want more connecting with them through meaningful ways on Facebook can be very big. You don't have to go overboard overboard with posting, but you know, something simple like a weekly post can help keep your page current and fresh. What content should you be putting up here? Interesting. I read a study on this and you don't really have to do those things that you think you have to do. For example, you don't have to put up incredible cosmetic cases. You don't have to do these, you know, huge before and after transformations. In fact, while dentists usually like before and afters, patients are usually kind of grossed out by by them, or at least the befores. The most effective content isn't really clinical or teeth stuff. It's just genuine non-stock pictures of you and your staff with smiling patients. You want to present your office as welcoming as a fun place with down-to-earth people that your patients can relate with. If you have like a bubbly staff member that's good with social media and a phone, you can task them with posting a picture a week of your staff or team members with happy patients. Just an aside, as an aside, don't post anything, please, related to politics or touchy subjects, obviously. And don't respond or get lit up or interact with posts that do. Just let it be. All right. So, so far, everything we've talked about costs zero. If you master just everything above, you should be bringing um, some new patients in and potentially a lot of them. However, for most, it requires more and some type of investment. Yes, it does. In my opinion, you know, just so I can say I gave it, I'm not a huge Facebook, a social media person. My opinion is for Facebook to make a big difference or Insta to make a big difference, you have to do it really well or don't waste your time. Some of it, some docs out there would probably just totally disagree and be like, man, I grew my entire practice off Facebook. But my guess is if they did, they're doing it really well. Most don't. But bottom line, you have to figure out where you're getting the most bang for your buck and the best ROI on your time. So moving on to mailers. Right. Every door direct mail provides patients something tangible and visual to introduce them to your office. Some dentists, they don't like mailers. But in some way or another, most successful offices employ them. People that have had bad experiences with them likely weren't doing them correctly. I would recommend if you do this to work with a reasonably priced marketing firm that can carry out the mailer campaigns strategically. This means they are sending them out to certain geographic areas or zip codes in cycles or batches. It's not just a random shotgun fire. There is some strategy to it. On each different mailer is a different routing phone number so they can track the effectiveness, what areas are calling, which mailers are working. And this demonstrates a priority in all paid marketing. 
it has to be measurable. You have to be able to determine the ROI on each marketing piece you do. Otherwise, you're just throwing darts with a blindfold on and hoping that something might be working. You could and likely would be throwing money away and sometimes a lot of it with some of these marketing gigs. So it's got to be measurable. On these mailers, what do you do? You want to brand yourself as a family-friendly and trustworthy person, right? You want you want to market to, first of all, general new patients, you know, those people that need a dentist or cleaning, as well as patients that may have some problem and really need help with something. This can be implants or ortho, something that is a higher dollar procedure. You want to connect with those patients. And in this way, your mailers can kind of cover both of those two parties, if that makes sense. Also, it's fine to offer a special promotion or something, you know, on your mailer. Consumers going through the mail often kind of look for that. But if you do include a date of expiration or some target day that will give them some urgency and help them make the commitment. Yep. Remember here, the goal is to get patients in the door. We're not focused on making a ton of money on this first appointment. Every patient that comes in your office is someone you're going to ask for a review. You're going to ask them if they have any friends or family members who may want to come in. They And this patient may stay and refer for life. You're looking to win the war here, not make a killing off this first battle. And mailers work. How I like to set myself apart on mailers is really trying to relate to the patients. The super hot chick with a good smile doesn't often connect the way we want it to. I like to have a picture of the doctor or the doctor with their family and then tell about you. What do you love about the town you practice in? What do you like to do for fun? You want patients to think this doctor is like me, so I can in turn like them. You want them to see you as a relatable, real person that is kind and, on top of that, a great dentist. And also remember, it often takes about three months at least to really get a feel for the ROI on mailers. So don't try it once and say mailers didn't work or don't work for me. Finally, be intentional about what's on your postcard. What about your card is going to set you apart from the five other postcards that potential patient is going to receive that month? Don't just take the first offer the mailer company sends you. Really think about it. What would make you choose your office? Also, try to grab their attention. One of my best performing cards, and we share this with our clients, that I use started off on the front of the card by having a big stop. We are not the dentist for you if, and then it went on to say like, you like wearing temporaries. You like waiting two weeks for your crowns. You like nasty impressions. But if you like to get your crowns the same day, we're a perfect office for you. But that stop, we aren't the dentist for you, grabbed people's attention as they're standing at the trash can, throwing away all their junk mail. They see that and it stops them for just maybe a second or two. And they're like, what the hell is this guy saying? But guess what? No postcard company gave me that idea. I had to be intentional and sit down and think, how can I grab these potential patients' attention for a few split seconds more than everyone else's? 
and it set us apart. And that hour of time being intentional, just sitting down and thinking about my postcards made me hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it was well worth it. Nice. I think uh, my patients are like, no, I really like two weeks for a crown. I like temporaries. I don't like Sarek. And so they, yeah, those guys came to me. No, but that's good. It's something different. Something to stop and make them think. So the next one, it's Google AdWords. So some people do these, some don't. These are pretty simple, but they can be effective. Okay. So basically these are like the pay-per-clicks. You will show up at the top of uh, your Google search or on top of Google Maps listings. You can play around with these to see what are the most effective words, whether it's implants, cosmetics, children. This avenue isn't necessarily at the top of my list, but Google Analytics is measurable, so you can determine the effectiveness, meaning how many calls are these generating for you, how many patients are they spreading to you. And so that allows you to determine whether it's a good ROI, something you want to help, or something that you may not want to do. Yeah. And there are many offices who haven't ever tried pay-per-click. I get it. You know, I think in even though for some it's been around for a while, for some it's still kind of a new thing. I think in five or 10 years, it'll be even more common than it already is. I get it. But I always think it's smart to try things early. For instance, if I need new patients, I don't want to wait five years to try something like pay-per-click advertising and find out it works amazing. Try things early. Spend the time and money and effort to figure out what really works now. And then you get to reap that ROI, if it's good, for a longer amount of time. Another thing here, I'm not a big fan of the companies that rape you in fees because you're a dentist. And I think a lot of them do that. Yeah. If you want to know who we use, again, you can email steve at thelifestylepractice.com and he will send you uh, the info, info on who we recommend or we send our clients to that we believe in and is reasonable. I think it's funny how I keep saying email Steve to find this out. Email Steve. Just email me. Everyone just email me. I have all the answers. Yeah. Even, if you, <laughs> even if you don't really have anything to say, just email Steve at the lifestylepractice.com. <laughs> tell him about email. your day. Tell him about your cat. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Just send him an email. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear it, people. <laughs> so <laughs> wrapping this up, let's see. We are down to the last couple. SEO, search engine optimization. So interesting, at uh, Breakaway, I w- was there, I don't know, probably two years ago, uh, Scott Luna said that according to their study, SEO had the largest ROI of any paid marketing when properly measured. And that was fascinating to me because I think SEO is probably the hardest to measure. But the idea is, uh, or the principle, none of us want to be on the second page of the internet search. So if you do SEO, please don't do it yourself. You know, um, you're a dentist. We do teeth. Let's not spend our time like studying internet marketing or search algorithms or something like that. And don't dump a lot of money into an internet marketer that can't show you the results of their SEO work. If you can get clear results and have real ROI to go with it, I think SEO can be really big. And sometimes you can bundle your website with SEO and other online or IT costs that you have at your office. Yeah. SEO is very important, but like Steve said, you have to track the results. Often SEO companies for dentists, again, charge an arm and a leg. 
They send you a proposal with 20 things that they do every month, most of which are big words for things that take them 30 seconds to a minute to do, but it looks like they're doing hella crap for you. I'm not a big fan of most dental-specific SEO companies that try to be a jack-of-all-trades to dentists because they rape dentists. And a penny saved is a penny earned. I refer most of my clients to Fiverr.com and have them hire people who do SEO all day, every day, and charge a fraction of the cost, the dental-specific companies that are going to do the same thing, if they even do it, but charge you way more. And yes, you need to be on the first page. Higher is better. Or again, don't even bother. No one's going past first page anymore. Honestly, probably top three is where people quit looking. And that's if they even get past Google reviews. So yeah, SEO can take a little time to see results. Most of you know that. But you do need to see results over time and find some way to hold their feet to the fire as far as those results go. Don't just give the SEO company a blank check and hope for the best. Come up with a way with the company to confirm you're getting concrete results in a finite amount of time. They're going to kick back on that. They're going to push a little bit. But, you know, it doesn't have to be like, hey, I want to be on the first page in a week. But, hey, if I'm not on the first page by three to six months, whatever it is, and I'm on the second or third page right now, we've got issues. So there you go. Yeah, I like that. Give them uh, a measurable goal too. So last things, you know, there are some other higher level marketing strategies and firms out there that can put together a comprehensive strategy with, you know, marketing funnels and interactive products that engage with patients. I'm definitely not against these, especially for practices that cater to large cases or maybe niche dentistry that requires something other than a broad net to bring in that brings in general everyday patients. You know, these are those practices where people are traveling for some niche or something like that. But if you do these, they have to be measurable and results driven. Um, that being said, if you are nailing the low-hanging fruit that we talked about, this may not be a needed expense for you. So remember, do the most effective uh, and simple things first. They don't cost anything. They're easy. And they are, the, I guess, the quickest way to grow your practice. These are some of the basically tools that we use that have helped us personally for ours. The whole idea behind this is we want to get more patients so you can do more dentistry, collect more, take home more. Why? So you can have more freedom to do what you want. Freedom means you can take time off from the office. You don't have to worry about trying to ask for patients all the time. The freedom to spend time at home and do things you enjoy. That's what this is all about. And we're trying to give you a few more tools to get you to that point. Justin, any closing thoughts here? Yeah. Bring us home. Okay. Really just nail the simple. If you have a solid recall program, if you're dominating your area in reviews and have a good mailer, most of the time for most dentists, that's probably going to be enough. But if, but you have to do those simple things well, or else you end up halfing most of them, you get crappy results, and then you have to spend more money for the lack of results you're getting when you could be getting more new patients with a little intentionality and better execution on the little things you're already doing. 
So that's mine. So we always break it down whether it's growing a practice, getting new patients, or anything inside your practice. First, nail the simple. And I mean, that's what I know we have built our practices on, nailing the simple things that everybody can do for the most part. Nice. Everybody can have a killer personality like myself, but most people <laughs> can do everything else. Despite your looks, you grew it. You, you did. You got it, man. <laughs> uh, it's real funny, Steve. It hurts. All right, guys. All right. Just a reminder to everyone, we'll be opening TLP Academy and coaching for the third and final time in a couple weeks. First week of December, I believe. So for those of you who have been asking when you can join, that will be your last chance for this year until next spring. The way to be informed when it happens is to be signed up on our email list. So make sure you go to our website and sign up, www.thelifestylepractice.com. We do not send you a bunch of worthless spam crap. We don't have time for that, and neither do you. It's all good, free stuff. So if you want to be informed, go over to our website, get signed up. Nice. And on top of that, as always, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask the group on our podcast Facebook page, or you can email Derek, Justin, or Steve at thelifestylepractice.com. Yep. And yeah, have a good one. Until next week. <laughs> Peace. Later.